This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Adam, uh, hey, how are you? Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Um, yes, I, uh, yeah, I'm sure you like had a crazy Christmas. I had a crazy Christmas, and uh, I actually forgot um, to study for today's test on uh, creepy pastas. Did you, um, uh, do you like have a study guide or anything that I could like that now, I could cop? Now, Devin, did mm. you forget about your spooks and scares? I. I'm offended that you'd have to ask such a question. I never forget about my spooks and scares. I just, in this instance, neglected to remember that we were being tested and examined on the topic of spooks and scares in this uh, spook-related high school that we're currently living in. I think it's fair that um, around this time of year that sometimes eggnog takes precedent over spooks and scares, like only for a couple days. But you did. I'm glad you noticed the fact that I I did walk into the classroom with an eggnog stash on my lip. You did. You caught me there. Rather than <laughs> you know how high school kids in regular in the real world, not in our world, they skip out on class and like smoke cigarettes in the bathroom or whatever. And drink eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. In this, in our spooks okay, and scares okay. high school. The cool kids don't study for their spooks and scares exam. Instead, they're drinking eggnog in the bathroom. Yeah. I will say that um, on Christmas Day, I drank no water and ate an area vegetable. I only ate chocolate and cheese and wine and eggnog. And I did feel like a zombie the next day. And it reminded I, me that, oh, gosh, we have a we have a, a, podcast a, a, a to record. scares and screams test. Oh yeah, we that's really what I think of the podcast as is a weekly a weekly exam. Did you ever did you have teachers that did like weekly quizzes? Some teachers we would have like a Friday quiz, but never like a test. We had in AP Calc we had daily quizzes. Every Ew. single day began with a quiz. Disgusting. Well, anyway, speaking of the scariest uh subject in all of education, welcome to Great American Scream. Uh I'm I'm Devin. I'm Adam, and welcome uh, back from our week off. Hope everybody had a very nice holiday, very yeah. safe holiday. And what, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, but it's gone now. It's okay. gone, like like well, so many Christmas carols on the wind. Yeah, now that uh, the holiday season is winding down, we're getting close to the new year. Um, I want to make sure everybody starts the year off on a nice spooky foot. Um, and if you've maybe forgotten about all of your uh, favorite scary friends um, since the holiday season's taken precedent, uh, today we're going to take a look at some uh, classic creepypastas that maybe you have forgot. I mean, maybe you didn't forget. I certainly didn't forget about them, but maybe Devin obviously did. I so, didn't know about uh, them in the first place, so, to be honest. <laughs> um, I enjoyed our last discussion on creepypastas and going through some of the classics, but there were some some that I omitted from that episode, just for time purposes. Um, but Krampus came down our chimney and gave us some creepypastas that we will now yeah. give to you, because that's how Christmas I woke up works. this morning. I woke up this morning to a stocking that yesterday had been empty, 
And then this morning, instead of being empty, it was full, but of just a single SD card. And I took that SD card and I put it into my computer. And when I did, a big spooky face came up. And then Google Chrome opened and it opened up to creepypastas. Um, So I think this will be fun to kind of like increase your creepypasta literacy, maybe, because these are popular ones and ones you're probably familiar with. But they're ones that we didn't talk about the first time around. And some of them are a little more obscure or a little more. I shouldn't say obscure. Like the casual creepypasta fan may not be familiar with these. All those dirty casuals. We don't know about these. These are the deep cuts. And by the way, you know, the first episode, cut is the. Oh, no, I was just say this episode is going to get a little n- not safe for work with one creepypasta in particular. It's really not bad, um, but um, we talk about porn for a little bit. So just yeah, I, as a warning, see, if Adam, you don't want to listen to that part, Adam was doing a disclaimer and I was doing a Cheryl Crow reference. <laughs> so that's kind okay. of the two different yeah. places that we are as hosts and professionals. So, so by the way, I um, while I was researching for this, I found out that there is a bunch of things that are now banned from the creepypasta wiki. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Somebody just came in in the background, even though I told my family I was recording today. But okay, so we shared a moment. I found today or today or yesterday while I was researching that there are a bunch of things that have been banned from the creepypasta wiki. Like you are no longer allowed to make it is illegal to make creepypastas out of these things anymore. These things include My Little Pony stories. Not because they're My what? Little Pony, but because technically they're fan fiction. Oh. Um, take that Take that crap to archive of our own, you know? Uh, SCPs banned, which is understandable. That makes sense. it's yep. different. Um, lost episode creepypastas banned. Wow. Spinoffs and sequels of other creepypastas like Slenderman and Jeff the Killer banned. Basically wow. anything involving Jeff the Killer, banned. Theory, that makes creepy, sense. Creepypastas that are theories about TV shows, banned. Dot .exe pastas, banned. Nothing centered on real video games, TV shows, or movies. No Slenderman, no Pokemon. What else is left, That's first all off. of them. That's all the and, creepypastas. And also, like, what, one, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, but what kind of a haze code ass... <laughs> Mod team exists over there at creepypasta.gov. The lost episode ones are my favorite ones, and it makes me sad that nobody's making new new content, or at least but, not on the Creepypasta wiki. You have to go to, like, underground Creepypasta places to find more lost episode Creepypastas. Yeah, Creepypasta Nights is where all the, all the good, cool Creepypastas go. But I did also learn that on the Creepypasta wiki is... The entirety of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the entirety of Bram Stoker's Dracula, as well as the yellow wallpaper and several other short stories, including a lot of Edgar Allan Poe, which I guess it's all public domain by now. So it's all on there if you ever want to give it or if you need to take a break from your your Jeff the Killers and your cartoon cats and you want to read some literature. Who would have thought that in 2020 Creepypasta would be a bad place to find Creepypastas, but a good place to find a public repository of horror works? So I thought we would kick it off with, um, we talked about Slenderman recently, so I want to yes. talk about a kind of Slenderman-esque figure um, okay. that is known as the Rake. Devin, have you ever heard De- of the Rake? <laughs> it was Wait. Devin's nickname in high school. It was my nickname in high school. That's a good one. But I was going to say that my idea of a horror character named the Rake, which I was in 
process of trademarking, but I guess I can't now because somebody already took the name. Was is a much like a la rubber if you've ever seen that horror movie about a sentient tire. This is a sentient rake, which places itself in front of people so that they step on it and hit themselves in the head with the handle. A la Sideshow Bob. I didn't know there was a horror movie called Rubber about a about a killer tire. tire. Yeah, I've a psychic tire. I think it's he makes like a people's head explode. It is. It is a so I would say it's a super Christine. It's above. <laughs> it's above. Um. So uh, the rake originated from 4chan's um, like how do you call it like a B, B board or yeah, slash just a B slash V yeah, yeah. slash B um, which is like their random board. It's like their post anything here board. I don't really know if I've been on 4chan. This is what the internet told me. Um, but they started talking about the rake in late 2005. This is a vintage. Um, Ooh. In summary, Swirl it around. Yeah. Smell it. Check the legs on this creepy pasta. <laughs> Check the legs on this rake. They're long. <laughs> um, so in summary, uh, one anonymous user basically posted like, hey, slash B, let's make a monster. Let's just make a new monster, which is great. And that's why I love the Internet. Um, oh, and yeah. Several replies. Like, people pitched monsters, but then the rake stood out. So the guy who... Uh, then who like pitched the rake started a sub thread and he was like, all right, this, this is the way the thread started out. All right. This is for the people who like the three eyes, no apparent mouth, pale skin one. Hell yeah. That's actually <laughs> it's like, you know, how I, after months of being on Grindr, just got all of their phone numbers, started a group chat <laughs> of, of all the people who showed interest in me. And I said, all right, y'all, this is for the people who like the three eyes and no apparent mouth, pale skin one. It's like, you know how um, the opening lines of certain novels become iconic? Like, yep. it was the best of times, it was the worst, it was of, the times worst of times. It was the worst of times. Call me Ishmael. All yeah. right, this is for the people who like the three eyes, no apparent mouth, pale skin one is, I think, equally good. It's very good. I'll also, it, it could also be a, like, early 2000s punk pop song oh. first line. Like, all right, this is for the people who like the three eyes, no apparent mouth, pale skin one. And this is for a guy who keeps shouting my stuff in the balcony. It's called We Hate You, Please Die. <laughs> um, anyway, so the first actual rake story was posted by something awful user Brian Somerville. Something awful has come up before, a place where a yep. lot of creepypastas are born. Um, on July 20th, 2006. My brother's seventh birthday is what I noted. And, wow. And the 37th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah. Um, are they all connected? Probably. Yeah, probably. So the image that's associated with the rake, which you've probably seen, uh, it was originally posted on November 30th, 2010. That's kind of like the meat of this creepypasta is this picture. Um, it was actually a media hoax from the dev team behind the game Resistance 3. Um, okay. They posted it. They were like, ooh, mystery cryptid. And the Daily Mail picked it up and they were like, haha, JK, it's from our new game, Resistance 3. Um, however, it's still associated with the creepypasta, probably way more iconically than it's associated with the game Good. now. Good. Um, <laughs> Reclaim so that. If you haven't seen this picture, the rake is a pale, um, thin, naked humanoid figure who is often compared to a large, deformed, hairless dog. Um, it has white eyes and incredibly sharp claws, which is why oh, it's called the rake. I've seen this boy. Yeah, this boy. I yeah, don't I've get the him. dog thing. I don't see the dog. I don't either. He's just he's a man. He's a he's a man. He's a man. He's Slenderman without the, the suit. If you've ever seen uh, one of the best pieces of media and art ever made, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, it kind of looks like the Chimera that is a dog that is part dog. 
maybe that's where they got it from. Maybe. It looks like the chimera that uh, that mean doctor makes. I forget his name. I guess a hairless dog could also be like a catch-all for like you saw something that looks to be alive in the woods. Yeah, and you can't. It like, also kind of looks dog like a werewolf. Like anything. Yeah, it also looks like uh, when Lupin becomes a werewolf in Prisoner of Azkaban. It does look like when Lupin becomes a werewolf. Yeah, maybe, you know, we're just finding all the dog connections. <laughs> yeah, maybe, forget what I said. Okay, so the, the lore of the rake uh, is that he is primarily based in rural New York. So, Devin, you may Hell yeah, come across my. this boy. Yes. Um, he has had one noted si- sighting in Ohio, oh, not Ohio, Idaho. Oh, um, okay. Just one. Just he was one. there on vacation. A lot of, you know, uh, uh, it was normal for rural New Yorkers to, like, flee to Florida, as we talked about before. But, you know, sometimes they, f- they, this is not a joke. Actually, they just, like, flee to Montana for some reason. Yeah. So maybe, no, like, Idaho's right next that. door. They left New York and went to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a joke. Um, so he's apparently been around for a couple hundred years. And if you look at the different kind of, like, because that's the thing about the rig, too, is it's not one story. It's a bunch. Whoa, 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 um, whoa. Yeah. You just said The Rake 2. Is this a sequel to The Rake? <laughs> we haven't even, like, the first Rake hasn't completed his character arc yet, so. But we already have a sequel. Um, the Rake 2. So It's another Rake, but he's smaller, rake and he's the Rake 1's son. Okay. So, um, a 1691 Mariner's Log is one of the earliest sightings of him. Um, where the mariner writes, uh, he came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here at the request of the rake. Wow, anti-colonizer. Yeah, the rake said no to colonization. <laughs> Good for the rake. Good for the rake. If we let the rake roam free, none of these problems would have existed. Yeah. Imperialism would have ended. So the most well-known story of a rake sighting, and like if you see the creepypasta, this is probably the story that you'll see. Um, it was from a family in 2006 in which a woman and her husband see the rake sitting at the foot of their bed in the middle of the night, like facing away from them. Which, by the way, is like the scariest thing I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it, sitting like sitting at the it, it's such a subversion because if you wake up and you see the rake sitting at the foot of your bed facing towards you. That's really like that's old school scary. Yeah. But he's facing away from you as if he has something better to do than yeah, look at like, you. You weren't supposed to see him. <laughs> yeah, he and he wasn't concerned with scaring you. He just this this was the best place for him to be in this moment. Um so the husband is paralyzed by fear while the woman is seemingly she she says that she's confused cuz she's concerned for the creature's condition cuz he kind of looks like a like a dog or a deer that got like hit by a car, but he's naked yeah. and pale and stuff. So that's the thing about the rake too, is that <laughs> the, the rake, rake as well is that um, <laughs> in addition uh, is that he produces those two reactions in people, either like total complete paralyzed by fear or like this childlike curiosity and sympathy, um, which is interesting. But um, the rake like. Uh, seems to like approach and investigate both of them. He like investigates the husband before bolting out of their room and going for the the kids' rooms, um, in which he kills the family's young daughter. And she is only able to say what? he is the rake before she dies. But those were her first words, so it was kind of a bittersweet <laughs> moment. <laughs> Bad. Um, that's kind of the main thing about the rake that gets uh, that gets. Passed I think your around. dog is being affected by, attacked by the rake. And then the the woman, um, she like finds other people who have um, uh, who who have been visited by the rake, and um, 
finds connections and stuff like that. And that's kind of where the lore is right now. I really enjoy the okay. rake. Um, I think he is similar to Slenderman, but like he does it like he's more vague, which is why I don't think we need to expand the lore of the rake. He is perfect where he is. Yeah, we can just guys. The Internet did it. No more. <laughs> no more. Let's package this one up. And no, let's, let's do it again. No, where did he come from? No extended backstory. No, no. characters that are his children. Just the no rake. rake to child of rake. Just the rake. Um, I have a good joke. Yeah. And it's it's kind of blue and kind of early 2000s white male comedian. Okay. But in rake two, it's revealed that rake had a child. And do you know who he had a child with? Who? The hoe. Damn it. Like a, like a garden hoe. Stupid. You know, <laughs> okay. something, something, super finger. I love Jeff Dunham. You <laughs> Jeff know? Dunham. Okay, let's put the rake to bed. Let's tuck him in, give him a kiss. Goodnight. Okay. Um, good night, rake. Then uh, we are going to move on to, I think this is a pretty famous one. Um, Abandoned okay. by Disney. Have you heard this one? Oh, the di- uh, another Disney. No, I, I haven't. I love the Disney ones because they're nonsense. Bad, but like, yeah. This one's. It's nonsense from like a realism perspective, but it's also really good. Oh, okay. Like this well is written. a good Disney one. Yeah, um, but it's still nonsense. So this was originally written by Slime Beast, uh, is the alias he goes by, um, and has two companion stories. But we'll just focus on this one because it's the most famous one and it's the best one. Um, and Slime Beast actually wrote a very cool book called The Creepy Pasta Field Guide um, that I discovered while I was researching. If you're really? interested in that. Good for him. This yeah. is like good for Slime Beast. Good also, Slime what an on brand name. He's actually so, Mr. Beast's father. Yeah. <laughs> or no, he's Mr. Beast's son. Please, please, Mr. Beast was my, my father. Call me Slime Beast. <laughs> anyway, so for the record. Instead of instead of $10,000 to whoever retweets this, he gives slime. Yeah. So for the record, okay. So the, the whole thing about like the, the this, this creepypasta is totally fictitious. However, there have been properties that have been abandoned by Disney before, um, which is kind of where this the idea of this creepypasta came from. So Discovery Island, which is located in Bay Lake on the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, was like a mini zoo that boats from the hotels used to go to that was just totally abandoned in 1999. They set all the animals free and they let just let everything rot there. And it's still like yeah. that. Like you can pass the island all the time when you're like on the boat going to the parks and stuff. But um, nobody's set foot on it uh, legally. Somebody snuck onto it, I think, <laughs> like earlier this and year. And they haven't been seen since. Florida man. <laughs> they disappeared. Um, and then River Country, which is Disney's first water park, um, was abandoned in 2001. And the remains of River Country were left up until last year when they finally tore them down uh, to make room for a new hotel. Um, but like there's don't do this, but there's videos on YouTube of people sneaking into river country like um yeah because it's all on the same i mean you grid can't do as, it it's gone but. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it anymore um but don't even think about it um <laughs> there's, cr- you can't do thought crime <laughs> because it's all on the same grid like uh, lighting and music grid as the resort that it's next to the hotel um all of the music is still would still be Hell going when yeah. you're walking through river country and it's all like overgrown water slides and there's all rainwater in the pool and, so what um, you're saying is, though you should not, it would be really sick to go there. There's videos what you're on saying. YouTube. I don't condone those videos, but there are videos on YouTube. I am not currently an employee of, of the Walt Disney Company, nor have I ever been. 
And if I am in the future, this podcast will cease to exist and it'll be scrubbed from all reality if I ever get a text from my manager to do so. So watch those videos. They're really cool. Yeah, they're they're all they're all still up. So watch them anyway. So this is kind of based off of those, but this is not about an actual place, but it's really fun. So according to this creepypasta, Disney built uh, Mowgli's Palace in the late 1990s, located on Emerald Isle um, off the coast of because, North Carolina. You know, you know, in 1999, the era in the late 90s, Disney was real hot, middle of the Renaissance. So they thought, let's let's cash in on this Lion King flavor and build a theme park in reference to the Jungle Book. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I, I guess it's like off the coast of North Carolina is technically the Bahamas, right? Um, so sure. It's there. Um, and that, it's not, um, but, you know. Launched much controversy. The locals didn't want it. Nobody wanted it. Ooh, kind of a Disney's America yeah. flavor here. That's the thing, is that this is well-researched in most regards. There are some I, points of it that I do have problems with, but, like, this all sounds correct. <laughs> um, oh. uh, but it did open, uh, ran for a little while, and then was shut down without explanation. Okay. Um, so our, our intrepid hero, our narrator, um, decides Slime. set out to explore the abandoned resort. And when he pulls up to it, he sees like the front gate of the resort with, um, abandoned by Disney scrawled on the front <laughs> gate in I'm going to stop you right there. Graffiti. Why? Oh, in graffiti. Yeah. Some angry Disney fan was like, he abandoned us. Yeah. So he proceeds through this gate and comes across the resort, which of course is overgrown with, plants and gross water and you know um he he comes across what he thinks is a python statue and turns out to be an actual python as hell yeah release the animals onto they just let them go um and then so he goes into a backstage like cast members only area and finds a door labeled mascots only thank you which is the biggest problem i have with this it's a piece of it's a piece of loose leaf with sharpie Disney mascots only. Um, but so when he goes inside, he finds a Mickey Mouse costume laying face down on the floor. Uh, Ooh, except, naughty actor left their suit on the ground. Except this Mickey was photo negative color, so his like shorts oh, were blue, and where he was black, he was white, and I like that, etc. I like that kind of a Mister Negative from Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes and he takes a couple photos. He finds a couple other costume pieces and takes photos of it. Um, and he decides to like put a bunch of costume pieces together from a photo. But when he lifts another costume head, a human skull comes clattering out of the head. And it's made of crystal. That's right. It's Indiana Jones. And this is about when the Mickey Mouse starts to get up. And he like stands up and faces our our our, our hero, and he goes, "Hey, want to see my head come off?" And then he starts like clawing and pulling at his uh, head as if it's some kind of like parasite. And when he finally gets it off, this like chunky yellow blood comes pouring out of uh, the neck and head area. Um, and then our narrator run cheeses it, runs and catches a glimpse yeah. of the words etched above the door. He says either with metal or bone, um, abandoned by God. I like that because it's <laughs> you take the he runs out and he looks back at the gate that said abandoned by Disney and and the Mickey Mouse waves his wand and the letters rearrange and they no, say I am Lord Voldemort. It was two different signs. 
But why um, do you need two different signs is my point. But also, to, oh, Siri, I, apparently I asked my watch to play a song called I Am Lord Voldemort, which oh. is kind of a, it's a Harry Potter is 2009 like, YouTuber remix of oh, okay. I Am the Walrus. Oh, uh, I thought that was going to be, do you remember those old Harry Potter bands from the early 2000s, like Draco and the Malfoys? Of course and- I do. Yeah, I thought that was it. What is it called? Potter? Was it called Potter Rock? Potter, anyway. Potter Rock or something. Um, But also, hey, want to see my head come off? Is a very good, that sounds like a line that Mickey would have in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And he takes off his head to reveal Xehanort and he has a keyblade. Um, yeah, I think this is really good. Um. The ending is a little little corny, but like it's, yeah. it's a nice the final encounter for like a monster. Like. Yeah. It's a very well done scene. Um, yeah, and I I don't. When did you say? Do we know when this one is written? No, but I, it must have been around the same time because I do remember encounter. I couldn't find the like the wiki history of this actual yeah. story. Um, but it must have been around the same time as most of the the big dogs were coming out. Yeah, because it, it seems like like even the negative Mickey Mouse suit is like getting at a Five Nights at Freddy's flavor that like people love. Yeah. So that's really cool. I think there is a Five Nights at Freddy's like copy, like you know, people make like the SpongeBob and stuff. There is yeah. uh, one that's called like Five Nights at Mowgli's or something, and it takes place where the I like. Okay, is. I'm into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does have like it's got the same flavor as the um the 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 Disney Mirror Ritual that we talked about. That like it's all gonna involve the characters because that's what people think. Right. Be. I would challenge you all out there at home to write a Disney. Creepy pasta that doesn't involve the character costumes. Yeah, because uh, I I rescind that challenge because it would be boring. Write more and tweet <laughs> them at us with the do. hashtag TGAS. I want to read all of your yeah. your as you, cringy as they are Disney haunted fanfic. That, that, they're so just, they're genuinely so fun. That just goes in general. If you write scary stories of creepy pastas, please send them to us. Um, yes, okay. please. Oh my god. So let's also put photo negative Mickey Mouse to bed next to the rake. Good um, night, Mickey. Good night. Oh, you got some yellow blood on your lip. Let me just <laughs> wipe that off. God. Um, Wait next... a second. Wait a sec. Ugh. That's mustard, Mickey Mouse. You fooled us all. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Um, the next one that I want, I'm going to talk about, uh, this is the slightly not safe for work one, just forewarning. Um, it is called Normal Porn for Normal People. Sorry, I had to crack open a cold one to get ready for this raunchy. Yeah, it's a little, this one gets a little randy, just a little though. Um, uh, so this was written by Creepypasta Wiki user Cosby Daff, um, and I do remember see, like mm. when I was researching this kind of like unlocked a previous memory because I do remember coming across this one. I really like this one because it's not overtly like horror or very scary, but it breaks expectations in like a perfect way that a horror story should. Um, so I will tell you what Ooh, happens. Um, so I'm our, our hero gets an email from somebody he doesn't know with a link to a website. And the email reads, hi there, found this site. It's very nice. Thought of you. Might, uh, might like normal, normal porn for normal people.com. Pass it on for the good of mankind. And as hilarious as this email is, <laughs> don't click links on emails from people you don't know, children. <laughs> don't fall for phishing scams. But if they tell you to... If they say, hi there, found this site is very nice, thought you might like, 
maybe do click that link, but make sure your antivirus software is on. Which is exactly what our hero does. He just kind of double checks that his antivirus software is working. And he clicks the link and is led to a website called Normal Porn for Normal People, a website dedication to the eradication of ab- abnormal sexuality. Oh. No, it's not it. what you think. Oh, okay. It's not homophobia. It's no, it's not homophobia. It's people like in people who are into lamps. Because that is <laughs> our narrator's a- first instinct too. He goes, "Oh, this is like some weird like Christian homophobia." Yeah, homophobia website, but it's not. So here are some videos that he finds on this website. But like, there's no oh, thumbnails good. or anything. Let's just he describe pornos. He basically on this podcast, just Adam. he basically just has to scroll through um, like blank video files and just play Russian roulette. Um, so. He finds LickedClean.avi, a 10-minute video filmed by a hidden camera in which we see a repairman working on a washing machine for the first two minutes. When it's fixed, the repairman talks to the owner briefly, then leaves. The owner checks to make sure the repairman is gone and begins to lick all over the top of the washing machine. This goes on for seven minutes. Oh, good. (laughs) This is the normal sexuality that they want to bring back. Yeah. Um, There's also Jimbo.avi. A five-minute video of a mime performing his act. Uh, it's actually pretty good, according to our narrator. Uh, he <laughs> pretends to pull up a chair, then pretends that it breaks because of his weight. Uh, but in the last 30 seconds of the video, the camera cuts to static briefly and then cuts back to the man sobbing quietly, still wearing mime Aww. outfit and makeup. I hope he's okay. I also I also hope Jimbo's okay. Um, I mean, judging by the fact that he's a character in a creepypasta, he's probably not. Yeah, he's probably not. I would like to hope. Uh, there is also Diana.avi, which is a four-minute video in which the cameraman talks to a woman in a room. Um, the room, it looks like just a room in a house. Um, and Diana only talks about her violin playing. Um, and then she starts playing, but she keeps getting distracted by something. And so then, so our narrator, um, finds other people who've received this link and it goes on like forums to talk about it. And somebody else in a forum pointed out that if you look in the mirror in the background of this video, you can see a man in a chicken mask, um, pleasuring himself. <laughs> Which is not dissimilar to that scene from the shining where she goes and she opens the hotel room oh, yeah. and that guy's getting, getting his, getting his groove on. Yeah. I, with that bear. I, <laughs> this is the first overtly actually, this is the first video containing overt sexual content, but I was really hoping at the first. So here's what I was hoping would okay. be found in these videos. I was hoping that the the repairman one that it would just be ten minutes of a man fixing a washing machine. That's that something you could find on a porn site though, because people like upload like joke videos. Oh or yeah, movies. Um, I was hoping that she would just be playing her violin for four minutes, but you know. We can't have everything. Yeah. Um, and then another one is tongue-tied.avi in a 10-minute video. The first five minutes consists of an elderly woman making out with a mannequin. The video cuts out like it did in jimbo.avi uh, halfway through, and the scene is now a group of mannequins huddled together in a circle around the camera. The lights have been dimmed, and the elderly woman is nowhere to be seen. From this point on, there is no sound. Uh, okay. It, the woman is the old woman is gone. She has yes. been consumed by the mannequin and become one. Yeah. What as I we like all about these descriptions someday. is that that means not only did this dude watch all the way through these videos, but he like, okay, like at the seven minute mark, this is what yeah. changes. <laughs> He's like time code, 732. Yeah. And finally, and perhaps like where you'd expect this story to, I mean, not where you'd expect it to go, but at least in the genre of where you'd expect it to go. Um, he finds a video of a woman getting mauled by a chimpanzee, uh, which alerts him that 
perhaps something hinky is going on on this website. I was okay with the woman getting devoured by mannequins. I was okay with the man licking his own washing machine. But at this point, I said no. Yeah. Um, so he tries to, he posts on his forum. He, when he posts about this video, he gets banned from all of his forums. Um, ah. And, uh, but I think inevitably some of the other people on the forums report this video as well. And then days later, normal porn for normalpeople.com is taken down. Um, and that is the, and he says that sometimes people try and re-upload the videos to different platforms, but after a while they all end up getting taken down. That's such a like... It's one of those stories that I feel like when I was younger, I would have been like, what? There's no point. There's no ending. And now I'm like, that's kind of good. It's good, right? There are only like there are there's one overtly sexual thing and everything else is just like odd, but not odd in a schlocky, cringe, like obvious kind of way. Yeah. Like I, there are a couple more videos he talks about that I didn't mention that might be more explicit. But like in general, this is the tone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. I really like this one. I think I didn't appreciate it as a young person, and now in my uh, olden years, um, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Now with with our BFAs, we can yeah. <laughs> look I at this, this art is and really be good, like, especially the ending too. Because like, so I think the whole thing with creepy pasta is that like they, people try and make an ending so that like, and it's still going on, or like, and right, I still get they to try this. to open this it. This one's like. Uh, and the website got taken down, and sometimes people re-upload it, but they get taken down again, and that's kind of like he didn't get fault. That's like, the whole thing. You'd expect in normal creepy pasta, like uh, somebody show to show up at this person's house after. Yeah, like the FBI to come and be like, "Were you on the message board? Normal porn? <laughs> F- what is it? F yeah, F yeah, normal porn for normal people. Dot Tumblr. Dot com. Yeah. Um. Or like you'd expect him to like see himself in one of the videos, but no, he's just like and yeah. it was super weird just, and it creeped me out. And then looks like I got taken down. And I still don't know the what's authorities up. and yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, and like he doesn't find any gore except for the chimpanzee part, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just so different than uh, all the other creep pastas that I read. Um, so let's also put that can't really. There's no person to put the bed in that one. So, um, ah. Uh. We can put Jimbo to bed. Oh, we can Make put sure Jimbo he's to bed. okay. Good night, Jimbo. Wipe his um, tear. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Um, and I would also like to talk about the Holders series. Devin, have you okay. heard of this one? Uh, this is the spinoff series from Catcher in the Rye. Um, oh. oh, I see. Holden Caulfield makes he has a cover band of him that called the Holders. This is that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank honestly, you for looking genuinely. I think you're suppressing a yawn or possibly yeah, a burp or something. I was you yawning. Disgusted, and I think that's the correct response. <laughs> I was yawning, but okay. So uh, I actually think you would really enjoy this one. This is not a single creepy pasta, but is a a series, kind of like a concept of creepy pasta. Ooh. Um. So and uh, the the general uh, idea of it is that in any city, in any country. There is a mental institution or halfway house you can try any of these rituals in. By the way, it's kind of a ritual, creepypasta. I snuck it in. It's like a soft ritual. Um, So uh, there were were 2,538 of these objects, but 2,000 were lost. The remaining 538 must never come together, ever. Um, These stories- 538 are each electoral votes. (laughs) And if you- (laughs) 
Um, these stories have been gathered from various sources, many of which are questionable at best, but they all follow a similar thread. They tell the tale of a number of objects, which when brought together will bring about horrendous consequences, details of which drive most people mad. This is legend of the hidden <laughs> temple. I mean, kind of. And so- you, a member of the blue barracudas. <laughs> so like I said, this is like a soft kind of virtual as each one of these creepypastas is about one of the objects um, and how to acquire them uh, and from its holder, hence the name, the holders, and you are the <clears> seeker, <throat> the one seeking them. So um, basically each story goes like this. I say in any city, in any country, um, it's, and you usually go to a any mental institution or halfway house, um, which right. anyone mm-hmm. that you can find nearby, but sometimes it's other locations. Um, sometimes it's a hospital too. Just go to a hospital. Um, you ask the receptionist or somebody else, sometimes just thin air, to see the holder of X. So the holder, there's also there's the holder of science, there's the holder of chastity, there's the holder of the flesh. Like they all have these names. Um, okay. You will then uh, enter some kind of like labyrinth, incorrect sort of like this is kind of the common thread. Of all of them, it's just some place that doesn't make sense. Go through some kind of mission that's either based on luck or having to do something terrible. Um, you will risk a fate worse than death if anything goes wrong. Or sometimes, even if you succeed, you will uh, get this fate. Um, then you will finally find the holder of the object that you seek who only responds to one question. Um, and saying anything other than that exact question either gets no response or something terrible happens to you. Um, and then gives a monologue detailing everything there is to know about the object in question, most likely driving all but the strongest minds to madness when they hear it. And then they tend to end with the words, that is X, uh, that X is object, whatever number, of 538, along with some kind of ominous ending line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, I thought This kind of sounds be. like a, like a, like a video game thing, or like a, it just, it, it, it's set up to be, to facilitate good storytelling. Yeah. Which I think I, a lot of internet fiction is, like, a lot of internet fiction, especially stuff like this, where they are attempting to create a universe, stuff like SCP, is overall fundamentally built to facilitate not only good like individual fiction but good collaborative fiction and i feel like if i when i was younger like as i've been an adult artist out in the world and i've like attempted to write i wish that when i was younger i had stories like this that built were built to make good writing like if i had something like this i could be like oh i already have the structure of the story i just need to write well within it yeah. And like that is just like so fascinating. Yeah. And so um every uh all 538 existing objects have stories attached to them. So you can literally go to theholders.org and read every single one of them if you want to. I have not. I've read a couple, but not all of them. <laughs> um I'm pretty sure that if you attempted to get all of the objects, you'd be down all of your limbs before you could collect them all. Um, okay, even if you that's do, a con. like, the trials correctly, um, for example, the holder of science cuts off your hand as part of his trial, uh, while if you fail to ask the correct question to the holder of the flesh, you will be dismembered and added to the structure of their living cathedral, still alive but unable to do anything about it. Okay, so I have a pros and cons thing up yeah. here, and so far it just has, under the cons, it just says, we'll lose limbs. Potentially. And that's my That's my whole list. 
Um, and also the seeker of the holder of envy becomes the new holder. So that could like logistically that could throw a wrench in your plans. Um, yeah. And an object cannot be thrown away. It will always return to you. Ah, like Anaklusmos Riptide, the sword of Perseus Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to, there's a, uh, most of these are pretty long. Um, I would like to give you a snippet of the Holder of Sleep, which is one of the shorter ones, just so you can kind of okay. get an idea of what I'm talking about. Please. So, uh, in any city, in any country, go to a hospital and at night and ask the head nurse to see the Holder of Sleep. She will ignore you and say she has work to do. Ask twice more without stammering and she will sigh as if weary. She will ask you if you are sure. If you answer no, you'll wake up the next day fully rested and free of any chains. Excellent. Uh, if you answer yes. Excellent. She will guide you to an empty room and tell you to sleep. When you awaken, you'll be on a stone table at the beginning of a hallway. As you walk down the hall, you will begin to feel drowsy. You must resist sleep here for you will slumber eternally. If you make it to the end of this hallway, you will find a door. Open this to find the holder of sleep. You will see a wizened old man sleeping peacefully. Tread lightly, for he does not like to be disturbed. Do not look under his bed, for there lies death, and it will pull you under to be tormented forever. Walk quietly up to his bed and whisper in his ear, Why do they never rest? Until he wakes up and tells you the story of how they chained their slumber onto him. Then he will invite you to sit with him. Do so, else he will chain their slumber unto you, and you will never truly be awake again. After sitting with him, he will pull a small crystal with inner light from his nightgown. He will then push it deep into your chest. If you can ignore the pain, he will fall back into his slumber. If you cry out, you shall replace him in his tortured slumber. Return to the, uh, return to the stone and sleep again. You will find yourself outside the hospital after waking up. The crystal is object 27 of 538. You no longer need sleep. Pray your nightmares do not follow you out. Hell yeah, brother. It's you know good, right? At the end of the holders, do you know who we put to sleep in the bed? The that, holders. That old man. The holder of sleep. <laughs> yeah, the holder of sleep. We put him to sleep right next to all our good friends. Good night, Grandpa. <laughs> and now. Good night, sleep, Grandpa. I would like to end um, this little, you know, you know how sometimes when the teacher, uh, uh, you'll get a quiz or a test and at the end you get like a fun question or like a fun yeah, like a silly, question. A silly question? Yeah, yeah. sure. We're going to do a silly one. Um, Sometimes on tests, I would make the last question a silly question, even if it wasn't. And I would draw a nice little picture for my teacher. I used to do that, too. Um, I digress. Uh, I, Devin, I was reminded when reading this of um, your reading of Man, Car, Hook, and Car Door from our Urban Legends episode. Um, okay. I really like the flavor at which you read that. So I would like, I would love for you, since I just read one, I would love for you to narrate this classic um, creepypasta, Then Who Was Phone? Um, okay. And there's actually two versions of then who is phone. Um, so I have both versions here for you. So I'd love you to read both and then compare and contrast them. Okay. Can you remind me what the flavor I gave Manhand Cook? It was Cardor? just a good read. You just did a good reading. Okay. <laughs> it was just good. All right. I'll include this in my demo reel. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, this is Ahem. version one. This is the the more common version of then who is phone. Okay. I'm I'm gonna read it. Uh just the way you would say it, but it is written in bad text speak, like all the yours are, you are. See that, but that's the thing is when you did the urban legend, um, oh, you I said, said like, I did it. Okay, Baddie. Right. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. Okay. Baby, I, got I you. love you very much. <clears throat> like that's the cadence that I remember from that one. All right. <clears throat> then who was fun? And now, 
Then who was phone? So, or with or honey, and you're making out when the phone rings. You answer it, and the viosa is, "What are you doing with my daughter?" You tell her girl, and she say, "My dad is dead." Then who was phone? <laughs> that was okay. the the more common version of. There's actually an extended version of "Then Who Was Phone" that is apparently the the original version. So Devin will read that one for you okay. now. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So basically, it's like this: you're at a friend's house for like a night or whatever, and then you guys are making out on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> and then like dot dot. Her dad calls on the phone and says, no, I, she likes it more if you use the other hand, dot, dot, yeah. And you're all like, oh, dude, your dad is trying to give me advice. <laughs> oh, dude, your dad is trying to give me advice on how to diddle you. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't have a dad or whatever. But what? Who was phone? I, okay. uh, I I have one one appreciative I have many appreciative uh observations about this yeah. story, but what I especially appreciate is the blase attitude that the writer seems to have towards gender. Yes, me as well. Because <laughs> you're you're at your friend's house and then and you guys are making out on the couch. Uh and uh, then her dad calls. Oh, okay, so this is a this is a girl, but we're calling her guys, we're saying we're just like friends. <laughs> And then he goes, oh, dude, your dad is trying. Now, my my auntie appreciative, and it probably evens out, is that he does use the word diddle, which I don't like. <laughs> I do like diddle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know the first version is the one that everybody's seen, but the, I like the second one better. <laughs> the second one after it says, and then you guys are making out on the couch. In parentheses, it says, yeah, which is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It is a step out of the fiction. And the writer, it's like, yeah, I, listen, Adam and I know each other very well. We know that we both have probably read cringy uh, AO3 fan fiction at some point in our lives. Yeah. And for some reason, there's a thing that, that, that some writers do where they step out of the fiction and in parentheses narrate uh, their own thoughts while writing. Like, it'll be like. It'll be like, Naruto, hug Sasuke close. And then it's like, me, OMG, are they going to kiss Sasuke? I want to kiss you, Naruto. And then the author says, OMG, they're totally going to kiss. That's yeah. what this is like. I think the thing I appreciate the most about this one is that um, the it's the, the very blase attitude, not only towards gender, but towards um, towards commitment to what is going on in the scene. You're at a friend's house for the night or whatever. Or whatever. It's whatever you want it to be. You don't have to be at a friend's house for the night. That also happens with the main conceit and what is supposed to be scary about this story, which is, and then she's like, I don't have a dad or whatever. Something to the effect of that. <laughs> you are sitting with your friend. You make out or like whatever happens. I don't know. Yeah. And then you are making out on the couch or whatever. And then your phone or whatever, it might be a PDA, maybe a beeper, goes off and it is her dad or whatever. It might be her uncle or grandfather, maybe her priest, and goes, no, no, not like that. Not with that hand or whatever. Maybe it's your foot. Maybe it's a spatula. Nobody knows. And, and is like, no, no, use this. And then she's like, I don't have a dad or whatever, a priest, uh, uncle. <laughs> A great aunt. Who knows? Yeah. 
It's really, wait, it's, what? Just breaking it, it's just breaking it down to the bare bones. <laughs> it is Fill it in. Choose your own adventure. It is, it is choose your own adventure to the max. It is. This person did not want to do the work. Nope. All uh, right. Well, Devin, do you think you're you're better prepared for the scares and screams test? Uh, once I, we get back from I'm, school after Christmas break. I think I'm ready for the AP spook exam. That has been it. Yeah. For this episode of the Great American Scream. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I actually got our first Patreon sticker in the mail today, <gasps> uh, which is our, it is a, a yield sign, but it says scare safely, and it's got a little splatter of blood across it. It's very cute. My mom got hers last week as well. I was going to say, which means um, if you're one of our patrons, you should be getting them soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you haven't already, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash greatscreampod. We've got I tons of stickers. cool rewards. And stickers, uh, one of which is designed by uh, a good friend at Conductor Gav on Twitter of our good friend, the man in the fields. But other than that, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rate and review. If you're on iTunes, follow us. If you're on Spotify, and share the episode on whatever social media you like. Speaking of which, Adam, can you pimp those, please? I uh, guess you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Um, please send us your favorite creepypastas. Or if you write scary stories or write creepypastas or create creatures, please send those to us as well. Uh, you can that post. is now what I want so badly. Yeah. You can post or tweet at us using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there is something you want to hear about on the show, uh, let us know because um, your suggestion may become a future episode. And I've also seen that some of y'all are tweeting us some great fan art. Um, and if you ever want to share that with like, thank you. And if you ever have it, stuff like that to share, please show it to us. We're so excited. We text each other so quickly when something gets posted like that. And we're like, oh, my God, look at this thing. It is yeah. genuinely it's so much fun to make this show week in and week out. And most of the time, that's just because, like, I like hanging out with my friend Adam and talking about horror stuff. But then when we're reminded that it's also a show that people listen to and enjoy and and want to engage with, that is so exciting to us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you guys every time, like, even if just, like, replying to one of my dumb tweets. Like, it, it really <laughs> makes our day. It really does. We always, uh, always, always love to talk to you guys. Yes, for sure. A special thank you goes out to Michael Seguro, who does the disclaimer at the beginning, as well as Stevie Viola, who does the intro and outro music. And a special thank you goes out as well to our current patrons. So thank you to Eric, Casper, Bree, Gail, Joyce, Brucker, Melinda, and Chris. Send us a picture when you get your stickers. Yes, please. I believe next month is when uh, Gav's design will go out. So send those to us, please. I've been Devin Wright. I have Nana McConnell. And hopefully you have been spooked. Now go study for your dang test. But Devin. What? Whose phone? Who was phone?